0: Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hello everyone. Welcome to the mom manual Tara Williams here today. We have another amazing guest. Lizzie is an orthopedic and pelvic floor physical therapist who's conscious of holistic full body approach when it comes to healing and staying healthy. That is something who doesn't want
1: Lizzie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be talking about all things, pelvic floor, women's health, wherever Wherever we go with this combo,
0: all of the things. And for the listeners, Lizzie is so gracious because we have already recorded this and the file got corrupted. So we are re-recording. Thank you, Lizzie, for coming back a second time. Yeah, it fun. You guys are not going to want to miss. So, Lizzie, give us your background. Tell us how you got into this.
1: All the things. Yeah. So I. First started out in an orthopedic physical therapy setting, and this was a really interesting setting because it was chiropractic and physical therapy kind of combined, and so I was seeing a little bit of everything from your total hip replacement to neurological issues, is kind of all across the board, and it was during that time where I really started to turn my focus towards women's health because so many people would come into me telling me things such as having incontinence after baby or low back pain that just wasn't resolving with other kinds of treatments. And even my family members and friends who talk about all these quote unquote, normal things that happen as you become a mom. And the more I researched it and with my physical therapy background, I was like, you know, I can help people with this. And I know there's a way that we don't have to live with these things. So I dove headfirst into that subject and I have not looked back. I ended up stopping at that clinic and starting my own practice where I treat primarily women's health, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, all those things. So all these things can definitely be worked on as a mom. I love what you
0: said about quote unquote normal. I I don't know if people even know this, but I spent a short time in my career in, um, it was pharmaceutical sales and it was for people who had ulcerative colitis And so we would give them, ours was really kind of that last line of treatment, but they would say, oh, it's just normal to go to the bathroom 20 times a day. And we're like, that is not normal. And they're like, oh, but you know, my boss knows. So like I go at lunch and then I have the routine where I don't drink my coffee and we're like, no, 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 no. Like none of that's normal. And I, th- I think in, we're in 2023 and it feels like just in the last couple of years, a light is really being shed on women's health on so many of these things we go through, like incontinence, lower back pain, like those are not normal things to live with. So tell us about starting your own practice. And you said, you, you kind of see everybody from being pregnant to post, but where do you have a sweet spot or, you know who, who Who's really like coming in a lot that you're seeing.
1: Okay. So I started my practice in 2020, just in the heart of the the world. Um, but I think that happened with a lot of people, just a whole shift in, in, in our life. So I started my practice 2020 and I really just started with kind of seeing bits of everyone, but focusing on that women's health mm-hmm. as I was getting more certifications and just really getting more experience with that kind of clientele. And so now I primarily focus on, like I mentioned, pregnancy, postpartum, and then fertility as well. I would say the bulk of my clientele is treating mercy therapy, which is the fertility aspect, and then postpartum. I do see my pregnancy clients, but the fertility and postpartum would be my sweet spot for sure. So I do that. And then I also have my online business and just Instagram that I'm running. So that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. Tell us about that and how those intersect.
0: Cause I, I think one thing that I love about this podcast is we have so many women who reach out and they say, you know, I have a side hustle or I've dreamed of something. So how did those two pieces merge? Yeah.
1: I, well, first of all, I never envisioned myself starting my own practice or being online or anything like that. And it really just kind of happened. And then I was pushed by my husband and some family members and I just did it. And I was like, I have no idea how this is going to go, but we're going for it. So I really started my Instagram just because I started a business and was wanting to market it and um, just have something to show for my business. And it really just kind of grew from there from, I mean, I just put out different exercise tips, pelvic floor tips, random things about being a mom, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And so it turned into somewhat of a business as well, just with working with, you know, different partnerships, different um, people online, and then starting online programs, which I have a postpartum one coming out this summer, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot, but it's super fun. And I love connecting with people on there and just hearing people's stories. And even them doing a few exercises from the stuff that I share, that's a huge thing to know. Like the simplest things can make a huge difference in your health. And so to hear people talk about, you know, I did this exercise and this, and I did it for however many weeks. And I've actually noticed a huge change in my low back pain or incontinence. It's like, yeah. it really doesn't take much sometimes. So yeah. that's like, I always think, okay, if I don't
0: have a full hour block, like I can't go work out and I'm like, no, like walking for 10 minutes is better than not doing anything. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a point to drive home for sure. The little bit, but I want to focus on Instagram just a second. I know this is a little bit of a deviation from the topic, but if for anyone who's thinking about having a side hustle or a business or, you know, wanting to step into their own practice, like Instagram is marketing. Like that's what it is. And it's putting out good free content to your subscribers to give them a peek of who you are to get them interested, to then have them want to engage in something that is paid like an online program. And what I think is so amazing about Instagram and this marketing vehicle that it is, it's a, it's also a connection, right? So you talked about connecting with other women. I, you know, having this podcast, I had never heard of like going for any type of pelvic floor specialist, any, any of that. I never heard of that. And I have four kids and I tried to find somebody local and there isn't anybody local to me. So that was surprising too. And when I say local, I mean, there were people, but about a 45 minute drive and that with my busy lifestyle is just too far. So it's amazing to me to think, okay, I can't physically go to somebody, but I can find somebody like Lizzie and do one of your programs and do it at home, low cost by myself with your guidance. And if I have a question, I can DM you. So I love that side. Like, obviously I have my own business, but I am just, I love Instagram. Like I'm a big advocate of getting on there, finding the right people connecting. And then if you want to have your own business, like that is the place to start, like start it today. Okay. Absolutely. Um, that that's our that's our side convo on start your own business because
1: I just think women have so many amazing ideas and I want them to to note on that it is not too saturated I even thought when I started three years ago I was like there's already too many big accounts like I'm I'm never gonna make it but I'm just gonna whatever I'm just gonna see how this goes and I'm just here to say there's room for everybody people want to hear what you have to say so absolutely go for it if you're thinking about it don't be afraid Yeah, and everyone is such a different approach. I mean, we have a lot of
0: sleep consultants on here because at Dreamland Baby, that's what we you know do and talk about is sleep. And it that people always say, "Oh, I thought that you know they wouldn't want to hear from another sleep consultant," but everyone is a little bit of a different approach. So I I totally love that. Okay, so let's get into any of the mamas who's on here. And when you are talking about treating women, who
1: is it? Infertility or fertility, or just being pregnant in general? So the fertility aspect is I, yes, those who are struggling with infertility, okay. um, who have tried medical treatment or just have been going such and such time and have not gotten the results that they wanted. So. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that. So for anyone who's listening is like, whoa, wait,
0: wait, like I'm struggling with infertility. Like what, what does any of ortho
1: anything Lizzie's doing have to do with it? Tell, tell us not- what So this is definitely something that is a little more up and coming or being a little more well-known for fertility. It's the conservative aspect of it. I do a specific treatment called Mercier therapy. However, there are different kinds of physical therapy, manual approaches and visceral approaches, which visceral means organs. So working with the organs and stuff like that, but Mercier therapy specifically is working deep into the uterus. So deep visceral manipulation of the uterus and ovaries. And then we work into the abdomen, low back, glutes, hips, all that kind of stuff, because all of that affects how our organs move and flow and the blood flow to them, all that kind of stuff. So essentially we're trying to help promote blood flow to that area, promote circulation, and just promote life back into those organs that we're so desperately looking to grow life. So it's a really, really beautiful therapy because it does it not just the physical aspect of it, but we go into the mental and spiritual aspect of it too. So it's a very holistic approach. And I think a lot of times with fertility, you know, I went through fertility struggles and going into the medical side of things. It's so much of medication here and medication there. And um, what's wrong with you? Yeah. There's just a lot physically, but also mentally to take on with it. So mercy therapy is just a really awesome. I wouldn't even say alternative approach, just another approach to, Mm -hmm speaking um, that kind of result that you're looking for.
0: And this is so interesting to me because when you talk about like the mental aspect of it, I mean, I I'm thinking about specifically my sister, but I could name probably 20 different people where she tried to get pregnant for quite a while. They did, I, I think it's IUI and then it wasn't working and they had done it, I believe twice. And then they said, okay, we're going to take a month off and then we're going to move right into IVF and yeah. that month they took off, they got pregnant. Yes. So it's like, you hear that story over and over and over. It's like, when you stop putting so much pressure on it, that's the time you think of getting pregnant is like a sperm and an egg, but
1: what is the mental piece and emotional and physical? Like, how does that all play into it? I'm sure. So we, if you think of different energies and energy, like we all are energy beings. Think of when you walk into a room, you can get people's vibe, like you can get the feel of the room. And so we hold our energy and our struggles in certain areas of our body. And the sacral area is a huge place. We hold trauma or Mm -hmm. mental struggles like that, especially as women. And so when we allow ourselves to feel what's going on and just sit with it and allow those emotions to happen and be processed, it can just change the way we look at fertility. And that's easier, you know, said than done for sure. And that's where the piece of, you know, you kind of stop trying quote unquote, when you have that IVF cycle coming up and then you end up getting pregnant. And it is because a lot of times that stress is relieved and You're just not holding so much pressure to yourself. But again, that's way easier said than done. So during our sessions, we just kind of talk about those struggles and different things we can do as far as meditation, breath work, affirmations, things like that, that play such a big role on our mental health and fertility too. And I'm remembering
0: this from the last time we recorded, oh, yeah. <laughs> but the Mercier therapy, tell us the origins of that. Cause I thought
1: that was really interesting. It started with, her name is Dr. Jennifer Mercier and she is located in Chicago and she is a massage therapist, midwife, naturopath. And she came up with this type of therapy because she herself was having her struggles. Yeah. And so, um, started doing research on it. And, um, from what they show with the research and the years of practice that she has done is there's an 83% success rate within that first year of doing mercy therapy of conceiving, you know, mercy therapy can be done on its own. It can be done in conjunction with IUI, IVF, medical induced cycles, or whatever the case may be. But the results have been really wonderful. And even within my own practice, I've seen Amazing results with it too. So even two of my clients have gotten pregnant with twins, and twins do not run in their family at all. So that's not a side effect of Mercier at all, but it's just interesting that has happened to my clients already. Yeah. Okay. So again, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I really struggled
0: having my first baby, we conceived maybe using IVF or IUI, and now I'm they know all the things going into second baby, but they didn't know about this. Where
1: would they find a resource? Yeah, I know. It's like, is there anybody in my area? So I hope that there are more providers as time goes on, because I know I'm the only provider in Kansas City. But there is a website that shows where each Mercier provider is located within your state, and we will find that, or we'll get it
0: from Lizzie after, and we'll link it for you guys. But I, I just think that's amazing. And you know, this conversation is always difficult for me to have because I haven't had a miscarriage, and I didn't have fertility struggles but my sister did who's so close to me we have the same mom and dad like it's you know what is the difference with us and she's my best friend and to watch her kind of go through that and just really like in step with her and see it, it's, it's really heartbreaking when you think about, you know, especially for her, they waited and they thought, okay, we'll be married for three or four years and like have fun and go and do all the things. And then like, we'll have our baby. And then it was like a few more years. And so it just felt like for her, her life was being delayed at every step. And, you know, it was like every Christmas that came by or every, you know, birthday celebration it was like, well, we thought we'd have a baby by this time. Or, you know, and you're buying the new house you thought there would be a baby there so I yeah. love the idea of having this holistic approach that's targeting on that mental because it is such a mental struggle and it it just sucks basically and it's, it's I feel like it's so many people too right like do you have any statistics on how many women and I guess women and men but struggle
1: with getting pregnant like what so, percent of people you know I don't have that person but I know one in four women do yeah. have miscarriage and actually yeah. 30% of the time it is male factor. So that is a huge thing to be looking into and just like the lifestyles we lead. But even just when I was going through my struggles of fertility, the amount of people who I just connected with who were struggling as well, I just was amazed that yeah. so many people either had a miscarriage or were struggling. And I do think I really don't know what it is, but I do think more people are sharing that side of things or sharing their struggles. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's an increase of fertility issues or if more people are sharing about it, but I know when I was going through that, I was looking for something that was just a little more holistic. Like what can I do to be proactive? I had a really hard time of just sitting and waiting for Mm the next medicated cycle or whatever it was. So yeah, just to have something to offer for those. Who are yeah. in the breeding period. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And, and I think it's something
0: where it's like, if you are even thinking about it, like get signed up, find a provider. Hopefully there's somebody near you. Now, if there's not somebody near you, you mentioned some online programs. Like, do you have a program that people can do this at home? Or is it really describe a little bit more like, okay, That's I'm coming cool. in for the first time. And that I'm like, is... I've had infertility struggles. We're looking to get pregnant. Like Lizzie, I'm here. What is physically happening at this one hour appointment?
1: Yeah. So with Mercia therapy, it really is a very hands on kind of treatment. So it is something you do want to seek a provider for. Hopefully, in the future, I can have some sort of program that can be done at home a little bit more. But just the nature of it, you do need to see somebody in person. However, there are ways you can do breath work things um, like diaphragmatic breathing, breathing into that area and different yoga type of flows. So, um, there are like, you can even get on YouTube and look for, you know, fertility yoga, because it just allows you to get into certain positions that open up the pelvis and breathing into the pelvis and things like that. So all of that does help, but for the hands-on piece, it really is good to go. Yeah. see who does that.
0: And then is that, you know, for the women who are fortunate to have somebody close by, like, is
1: it, do you go once a week? Do you go once a month? Like, what does that look like? So the protocol is one time a week for six weeks, and it's about 45 minutes to an hour that you're doing hands-on treatment in that session. And then after six weeks, you're pregnant, bam. (laughs) Right. I wish that was always the case. Some women, it does take some time for their bodies to heal. And I have had people who get pregnant during our sessions. So it just really depends. And that's why. The statistic is within that year, because there is so much that needs to happen with just healing your body and allowing that blood flow to kind of beef up that lining or whatever the case may be.
0: Okay. And now how about the women who are listening that are like, okay, I'm pregnant and I'm totally uncomfortable what would it look like if they wanted to come meet with a, a pelvic floor
1: um specialist yes. absolutely a great idea because not only will it help you through pregnancy but it can help you prepare for labor and just getting set up for that postpartum recovery because we know that is an intense recovery right but if you're coming in during pregnancy it would be just like any other type of evaluation we're going to check muscle strength range of motion um if you're having any aches or pains we definitely address those areas so hands-on manual therapy. And then we make sure that you're given exercises that are going to be beneficial through your pregnancy to help strengthen the pelvic floor, strengthen the deep core, which again, is going to help set you up for that postpartum period, but then also addressing the other aspect of it. So, um, not only strengthening the pelvic floor, but relaxing it too, to prepare for labor and delivery. So very much like an, any other kind of evaluation, um, just specific to your pregnancy needs. And then same thing, you kind of come in like once a week. It really, really depends on the provider and your specific issue. I would say for my prenatal clients, I am seeing them, if they're not having serious issues, maybe once or twice a trimester and then they are having an issue, then it's once every two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Since my sessions are one hour appointments and it's just me and them working together, we can get a lot done and then it's them working on things on their own.
0: Yeah, I remember during my first pregnancy, I had I think it's called sciatic nerve. Yes, sciatica. Yeah, and it, it would be like a lightning bolt was shooting down my back, like out of nowhere. I'd be like, "Ah, I'm paralyzed." So common during pregnancy. Yes. So, like, is that something where I would call you and be like, "Oh my gosh, massage it out," or how, like, how does
1: that work? Totally. Yeah. So, sciatica is super common during pregnancy, and this is something that PTs treat all the time, specifically pelvic floor PT. So. That usually happens due to just things changing with the pelvis. The baby could be sitting differently on those nerves causing that issue. So yes, we do a lot of hands-on manual release of the glutes, low back, um, hip flexors, whatever is kind of in that area causing the issue. But then a lot of it is just talking about lifestyle too, and how you're sitting, how are you moving? Are you you know, staying in a certain posture constantly, what does that look like for you? And then of course, specific exercise to address the strengthening as well as mobility in that area too. So it's a very well-rounded picture that we want to paint for any kind of dysfunction, but specifically sciatica too.
0: Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep. The Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wits end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award winning, doctor approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary Cover Calm technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now, we've got a special discount exclusive to Mom Manual listeners. Use code mommanual 15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in REST? Yeah. I love so much talking to pelvic floor physical therapists. I think you're the third person who's actually come on because I've had four kids. It's just, I did not even know this existed. And there's so many things that we talk about again, being normal that you just think, Oh, it's part of pregnancy. It is what it is. And no, it's not like there's an option to treat it. So beyond sciatic sciatic nerve, am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. What what other things that women may think, okay, I'm, this is normal. I'm pregnant is a a reason to come into a pelvic floor physical therapist.
1: Yeah. So we'll try to narrow, narrow this down to the main ones, but I would say number one top is incontinence. So leakage during pregnancy, I think even me as a pelvic floor PT, I had some times where I had some incontinence or I sneezed and I leaked. I was like, Whoa, this is a little bit foreign to me. I was not prepared for this. And these are things that yes, they can happen during pregnancy just due to either pelvic floor kind of weakening as you grow or just the load that is being put on whatever the case may be. But there are things during therapy that we can go over such as you know, is it more of a tight pelvic floor? Do you have a weak pelvic floor? And then talking about addressing that range of motion and how you can strengthen it, not only with pelvic floor strength, but overall full body strength kind of thing. So incontinence is definitely common during pregnancy, but it's something we can address during our therapy sessions. All right. So we have sciatic nerve incontinence or those kind of top two, top two, and then pubic symphysis dysfunction, which is also known (laughs) as lightning crotch. So, oh my gosh, I remember you talking about this last time. I did not have that, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? What is this? Okay, so yeah. my oh my gosh, the amount of women who experience this—it is so so common, and it can kind of fall into postpartum, just due to the weakening of the ligaments and everything. So, during pregnancy, the hormone relaxant does increase. However, that is not something to blame on our low back pain, pubic symphysis kind of issues, but it is a factor for sure. So as your pelvis grows, your pubic symphysis is the joint that sits between your two hip bones. So basically right where your pubic bone is, that's where your pubic symphysis is. So this can kind of loosen just a little bit. And with single leg movements, you can get that feeling of lightning crotch, which is just an intense pain in that area and kind of shoots up the body. Sounds very
0: similar to that sciatic nerve.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it is. It's It's just just that that lightning bolt almost of just this.
0: And this is a, I feel like it's, I remember describing to my husband saying, I feel like someone is stabbing me with a knife. Like just, it's an immediate, t- like, ah, so,
1: exactly. um, okay. Those, so now, but that's in the crotch, which sounds even yes. worse. In the crotch. Yes. So we talk a lot about doing double leg movements or how to brace properly. And then of course the pelvic floor aspect too, but that is another huge complaint during pregnancy.
0: Just such a funny thing. <laughs>
1: okay. So, so those are the top three then. I would say so. Of course, low back pain, um, that's very common as well. And there's so many different routes to that issue, but as we know, as the belly grows, our posture changes and just center of gravity. So, um, yeah, I would say those would be the top four sciatica pubic symphysis leakage and low back pain.
0: Got it. You know, so I actually, I did have really bad lower back pain with my second pregnancy. And again, I just thought, oh, it's normal. My girls are really close in age. They're 14 months apart. So I thought, okay, you know, I just carried a baby. Then I was, my daughter was only three months old when I was pregnant with my second daughter. And so I just had like the worst back pain. I also had an epidural. So for some reason, I don't know where I read, but like that contributed to your lower back pain. So I actually went to a physical therapist. So it was not a pelvic floor physical therapist. And this person for sure had no knowledge or treatment or like, there was nothing about the fact that I was pregnant. It was just, I went in and I'd get my back adjusted and it was this really crazy thing because it was, I want to say I went in every other week, every two weeks Mm -hmm. and it felt a little bit like voodoo science because I would go in, I'd get my back cracked, my neck cracked. Like it felt amazing. Mm -hmm. But then like day 10, seriously, it was every week at day 10. Like it would start feeling bad again. And I'm like, what is happening? It just felt like such a band aid approach. How, and that is not a knock on the profession, but tell me for anyone who's kind of going through that same thing, like, oh man, I, I'm going in and then, you know, the yeah. band aid. What do you think of that?
1: Okay. So, first of all, physical therapy is such a broad, Scope of practice. So when you're searching for something specific like pelvic floor, Mm -hmm. I highly recommend finding an actual pelvic floor PT Mm -hmm. or someone who is very knowledgeable of that. And I say that because in physical therapy school, we learn a broad range of things. And even in our anatomy lab, we really barely touched on the pelvic floor and we had no women's health elective. So it's something I learned through all of my continuing education and post- PT school. So oh. that's why it's really important to find somebody who's very knowledgeable on that um, subject because they will be able to hone in on the root issues of maybe that low back pain or, you know, things that aren't resolving with different kinds of physical therapy approaches. So yeah, it's not a knock on, you know, other PT fields or anything like that. It's just different specialties for sure. Yeah. Um, so I,
0: and- I agree. It was like, I was at like a generalist, but for like a skin issue where I should have been at a ter- dermatologist kind of thing. Yeah
1: exactly yeah. yeah and so when we're talking about band aid approaches yeah this is something i preach on all the time is finding the root issues and this goes for really anything in your health so for you know the musculoskeletal system in general finding a root cause is really going to ultimately give you long term success it may be frustrating at first and you may not see results instantly but yeah. when you really stick to the protocol or be consistent with some of that rehab or whatever it is you're given it can make significant changes down the road. So sometimes the band-aid approaches, yes, it gets you out of pain quickly and stops that pain cycle, but then we really need to jump into, okay, how do we fix this? What's the root issue? So yes, the first initial decrease pain, but then let's work towards that long-term decrease of um, symptoms.
0: Yeah. And I know that in your bio and just conversations of having you on the podcast, that really is your mantra, if you will. And you had talked about kind of having these like 10 minute routines, right? Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, and this is where my program that's coming out. I'm very... I make sure that we don't go over on time just because I know time is so precious. And especially as a mom, we don't have, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And we're like, okay, we're probably just not going to do that. Right. So that's something I want to bring home is you can make significant changes with 10 to 20 minutes a day. And it's really about just mind muscle connection. And when you can learn studies, even show this, when you can just focus in and put your mind into what muscle is working you make way more changes than when you just go through the motions. So you can do an hour long workout and not really be focusing on what you're doing, just kind of get through it. Or you can do a 20 minute workout and really be focusing on connecting. So for example, to that pelvic floor and deep core and make lasting changes. So it's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. I have really recently over the last year gotten really into Pilates and yoga and like the breath work and just, you know, if that's taking a 10 minute walk and it's all for me. I mean, this is, this is not pregnancy related, but just, it's just that mental load. You know, I'm running a business. I have a bunch of employees who's salary is like relying on our success. And I have four kids and I have a husband and I have friends and, you know, I have my sister and my family and like, just as any mom, any person nowadays, like a million things. And I feel like there's never that moment for me. We always talk about, you can't pour from an empty cup. And for me, like getting that You know, forty-five minute yoga class or that ten-minute walk, like that is my mental break that just like resets me. And I can imagine for any of the women, and I was there too. Like the incontinence piece, like if you can just fix that, like that's one thing that every day you're struggling with. Like take the ten minutes and fix it. So, can you describe what like a ten-minute routine would look like? Is that like a few exercises, or is that something you can you can talk about?
1: Of course. So the way I would always start out my sessions or exercise routine or whatever it is, is with breath work. So just even a couple of minutes of connecting your breath to your body. So doing diaphragmatic breathing, which is 360 degree inhale. So breathing into your pelvic floor, expanding your abdomen, expanding your back, allowing for things to relax. And then when you exhale, we engage our pelvic floor, we wrap our deep core and we really get that connection to those muscles. So we're really visualizing, okay, what does that look like? The balloon is expanding. Okay. Now the balloon is recoiling. So focusing on that just allows us to connect to those muscles. So then we take that and we put it into the exercise routine. And I mean, each routine might be a little bit different if we're focusing on something specifically, but I really love full body approach things. So Especially when we're working pelvic floor issues or core issues, it's not just about doing core work or pelvic floor work. We're talking single leg movement, bridges, full body squats. There's so much that goes into it. So very much. So the whole body holistic approach, utilizing your breath and your pelvic floor with that. And then of course, mobility. So making sure our body can move properly, because if we can't get that range of motion, or if we don't have that mobility, then the strength really isn't going to help you long-term. So it's a much, very much so a balance of the strength versus um, stability and mobility.
0: Okay. So like within this 10 minutes to take a couple of minutes to breathe. And then is it,
1: is it like you focus on three or four different exercises and stretching? Yep. So it's, so we start with the breath work, a couple minutes, and then we probably do three to five exercises depending on that day. And then one to two mobility exercises. So it ends up being about, yeah, 10 to 20 minutes. And give me an example of like mobility, mobility means stretching, right? Yeah. Mobility is not static stretching. So there has been so much research that has shown the difference between just sitting there, like a hamstring stretch. If you sit Mm -hmm. on your bed and you're just leaning towards your foot and you're stretching your hamstring and just holding it there studies have shown this is actually not as long-term beneficial as going through the range of motion in a dynamic way, meaning Hmm. you're moving through the stretch rather than just holding that position and stretching into it. So for instance, I would do hamstring mobility instead of sitting there and just stretching my hamstring. I would do a hip hinge, which is standing. And then we're hinging our body forward and almost like you're sitting back into a chair, which stretches your hamstring. And then you stand back up. So it's going through that motion and feeling that range of motion. So it's a little more of a functional type of mobility rather than just static stretching. You know, this is so interesting because I go to this Pilates class and it's actually, it's a combo
0: of like yoga, dance, Pilates, like it's, it's a whole, I don't, I, I don't think it has a specific name, but it's a bunch of different things. And we always joke, it's very intense. So it's, it's called level up. And so it's it like, you are sweating at the end and it's a full hour. And we always joke that like, even during our stretch, we are still working out, but it's yeah. because we are actually just doing dynamic stretching versus static. So super interesting.
1: Like I never knew the why behind that, but that's really interesting to know. Oh, cool. And you build more strength around that movement rather than just the mobility of it. You're actually building functionality and functional strength through that movement. So it's really awesome. Yes. Yeah, so interesting. Okay. And just to round this off, cause we had talked about
0: infertility. We had talked about pregnancy now postpartum. I'm pretty sure you're going to say it's kind of those same things during pregnancy that people come in for, but is there anything different that postpartum mama should be thinking about?
1: Yeah. I, you know, one thing to keep in mind just to touch on this is C-section moms can have just as many pelvic floor issues as vaginal delivery moms. And that's something I think used to be, I think it's more well-known now, but I think sometimes C-section moms can think, you know, I didn't have a vaginal birth. So why am I having incontinence or pain with intercourse and all these different things? So C-section moms, you absolutely could have these issues, but they can be resolved just as well. So yes, I would say similar issues. One that's a little more common is painful intercourse postpartum just due to the trauma. Yeah. So the trauma that happens through delivery, whether that be a vaginal delivery or C-section, just that post-trauma can cause us to one, actually have dysfunction within the muscles. So tight pelvic floor issues, nerve issues, vaginal dryness, all those things, or it could also be a mental aspect of it too. We think there's so much that happened down there. And so whenever it comes time for intercourse, we start to clam up or we get I'm tense. no. Right. So much is how we're just so scared of how it's going to feel, or we know it's going to be painful. So some of it is that mental side of it, of how can we get around this to uh, make it more enjoyable? So there's the manual side of things, there's exercise, and then there's also the mental component that we can address with that too. So, so
0: the big thing that I had in like, oh my gosh, this is so TMI, but (laughs) it was constipation. Yes. And I went into like this really horrible cycle of, like you said, it was mental because then I got hemorrhoids. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, goodness. I'll never forget that. It was with my first pregnancy and it was brutal. And it was just like, I was so scared to go to the bathroom because I knew how much it would hurt. And like, I bought all the things and I don't, I don't feel like there was any like one thing that actually resolved it. But I just remember I I had like the pat, like the like little, Uh like little, like, I don't even know which hazel or something, all these different things. But is
1: that, I mean, that I feel like must've been a muscle thing though, right? It is multiple things. Constipation, especially postpartum is such a big thing. And I personally, first of all, nothing's TMI, but I personally had hemorrhoids as well. Postpartum, and it was a terrible, it was painful. And I was like, I cannot live with this. And so there are things we can do for this and having constipation or bowel issues, postpartum it's multifactorial. So what does our diet look like? Are we hydrating enough? I mean, especially if you're breastfeeding too, it drains you. Oh my goodness. of nutrients and postpartum in general is such a nutrient depleting time. So we need to fuel our bodies properly fiber, all that kind of stuff. But the muscular part of it is absolutely an issue too. So tight pelvic floor issues can cause just that anal sphincter to become tight and just the muscles around it. So that's something we address with breath work patterns. There's manual release that you can do both by yourself and then with a pelvic floor PT. And then different tips for actual bowel health. So using a squatty potty, everybody should have a squatty potty. Even my husband has a squatty potty now. He probably doesn't want me to share that, but everybody should use a squatty potty because it does just put you in a better position for bowel bowel movement. movement. Yeah. So squatty potty and then, um, using the Frida bottle or a Perry bottle to mm-hmm. help clean the area or even warm water to yeah. get things kind of relaxed or moving that yeah. can be super helpful as well. One of the biggest things I will say with constipation or bowel health postpartum and in general is to not strain with the bowel movement. Yeah. So, you know, use the stool softeners if you need to use different supplements if you need it, but do not strain. So as you're having a bowel movement, really breathing through it, exhaling as you're gently pushing that bowel movement out and not holding your breath to push it out. That is probably number one tip I can give to people. Well, and another element of it is besides the
0: trauma of giving birth, I think for a lot of women, they are, they either get an epidural or they're on pain medication, like post birth or they're, you know, on antibiotics for X, Y, and Z. So like there's, there's a lot. And if you just think about not having a baby and being on some of those elements, like recovering from any kind of surgery, like you're, you're going to be constipated, but what about from like an actual, like a muscular, like, is that something that I could come to you and you could do a massage and help it out?
1: Yeah. So in physical therapy, if we are going to be working constipation or hemorrhoids, first of all, I usually start with a little more of a conservative approach with just breath work and how to actually get that breath down into your pelvic floor, specifically that posterior side. So back into that tailbone and into that area and then different exercises to open up that tailbone and open up that area. Things you can do prior to a bowel movement that will help open up that area and relax those muscles. Yeah. And then if we need to, there are different kind of manual release things that we can do. It's really just a quick anal exam and we just help to stretch those muscles a little bit and it can feel really you know, scary at I first. I'm like, and are, I don't want sure. anybody up in that area and I totally, totally get yeah. it, but it really is such a quick exam and it can be significantly a game changer for um, bowel issues too.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, Lizzie. Thank you so much for joining us. You are so fun to talk to. This is so informative. I have a million notes. So for anyone, infertility, pregnancy, postpartum, this is the episode for you. All the things to learn about. Lizzie, where can everyone find you?
1: Yeah, so I am on Instagram. It's at Doc Lizzie DPT. And my website is www.doclizzy.com So you can find me on those two. I do have a YouTube channel as well, which is DPT, um, which is starting to be a little more upcoming with videos. So you can check me out at all of those. Amazing. Thank you, Lizzie. Have a great day. Thank you.